Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Mother of All Shows, the podcast that takes a deep dive into motherhood and parenting with a comedic twist. Because if we can't laugh when our kid accidentally steals a Kinder Egg from the gas station, then we're all screwed. I'm your host, Kimmy Gatewood. Today, we will talk about consent when to teach our kids, how to teach our kids, and how to have the conversation in our adult lives. It is not an easy topic, but it is important not to shy away from it. Silence is what got us into this shit show mess in the first place. Communication will get us out. I know many parents are looking for the right way to have this conversation with their kids, but are scared they will screw it up. Don't worry, I have your back, but only if you want me to. Today, I speak with Patty Fitzgerald, the founder of the organization Safely Ever After. Patty is nationally recognized for her work as a child safety educator, children's author, and family coach. But first, let's kick things off with my dear friends that gave me enthusiastic affirmative consent to speak with me, Rebecca Johnson and Amanda Dybert. Hey guys, we're talking about consent today. Radio silence. <laughs> I thought we were going to like, I forgot we weren't going to be introduced. You should have asked us first. <laughs> we were asking, we were asking, we were waiting for you to ask. <laughs> do you consent to talking about consent, you guys? I do. Thank Enthusiastically. You. Uh, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. We didn't want to uh, slide right up in there in case <laughs> you were closed for business. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, um, so I, I'm talking about consent, this word has a different meaning. This is a, a whole new conversation we're having with our children and with each other. Um, and uh, the word consent to me always meant like the only, when I was growing up, I guess, or even in uh, maybe 10 years ago, that the only meaning of consent was when I signed a paper to release the con- like consented to releasing my image for perpetuity <laughs> like <laughs> as an actor or whatever as like a like a, a as a bar owner when you're walking through a shot and they're like you have to sign this paper ma'am <laughs> you know what I mean? and I was like also should I have been thinking about it more I don't know also that they were said you have to sign this <laughs> <laughs> no that's true <laughs> which is like, not <laughs> even come on guys <laughs> patriarchy I, yeah. even my release forms <laughs> so um you know I feel like this is particularly uh in in our in our state, in our particular profession, in Hollywood, we're much more aware of it now. But were you taught consent as a child? Do you even, did you even know what it was? Did anyone talk to you about it? Absolutely not. Yeah. Like, in no way. It was, uh, I was in the very, like, it was rude to, you know, if somebody wanted to hug you or kiss you or touch you or anything, it was rude to say no or you know, like right. adults had full access and rights to so my like, body. Drink your sweet tea, Amanda. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and come give me a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Open mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel Sorry. like, yeah, I don't remember it being discussed in out, like out of context of sex. But then once the sex talk started happening, it still had nothing to do with like 
you may want to do something or that there'd ever be a time that I would even give my consent. It was all about this is what shut happens. it down. Right. <laughs> it was yeah. all about boys are going to try to get right. something from you. Right. Don't believe them when they ma- try to manipulate you into something. Oh don't believe them when they say it hurts if you don't like what? do something with them. They're lying like this. But it was very vague. But it was a lot of they're going to get something from you. Is this Staten Island public education or is this just no, my mom? Oh, what? No, <laughs> they don't teach consent in public no. education. Um, no, they do not. No. Uh, but no, no. Yeah. My mom was just Got like, it. guys, right, right, boys right, right, are going right. to get something from right. you. Like, so don't don't do it. But I'm sure as a parent now, you can understand like you draw things in black and white if you don't know how to talk about the gray area. Right. It's like it's out of fear. Yeah. 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 Fear for sure. Yeah. And and in school, I don't remember them talking about that. There needs to be two consenting parties in a sex act. It was sex education was about the not getting pregnant. Biology. Yeah. It was all biology. <laughs> not getting pregnant. It wasn't even. Not, yeah. It was like That's watching and the band played on. Right. I, uh. I did want to say something uh, I, that I found interesting off of what Rebecca said is you were talking about how you were told, you know, like, don't believe guys if they tell you something, like, hurts and to keep going and whatever. And I was literally told the exact opposite. Really? Which was that what I wore and that how I acted would have a direct effect on boys and they wouldn't be able to control themselves and that it would get to a point that it was physically painful for them to not have that release. And so it was my responsibility to make sure... That they, they never got to that point. Yes, that they like blue balls would be my fault if it happened, and then they'd be in pain, and then that would be very mean and bad of me. Also, oh. my mother. <laughs> but, oh, oh, your mom said this. Me, me, my mom. I, my mom. Oh, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just. May she the rest idea in peace. Of, I know. <laughs> Just, we're just rolling it all out every week after week. <laughs> oh my god! I just love the idea of a guy just being like so hysterically. He's like, "My balls, my balls! This is your fault, my balls!" Like, yeah, my like, mom would be like, "Don't sit on their laps." No, th- because they'll say that then if you don't do something that they'll have pain. She didn't say the word blue balls. I learned, I figured it out later that that's what she meant. That she was saying it didn't exist, but yeah. This, it was I, just fear. It right, was both right. of it was fear. Yes, yes. Just coming from different angles. She was also so, worried about getting a reputation. That was the main. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's all yeah, about yeah, yeah. like right, right, right. What, what do the neighbors think? Don't God, drink up a monkey. Nothing. Nothing. I just was afraid of sex like my whole but life. Why like till I was I was twenty one when I lost my virginity. But why were you afraid, I was afraid of it? Was it because of what you were taught, or just you naturally were afraid of? I the think it was like shame more than anything. You know, like just. Uh, the fear and shame and you know I remember like the furthest I ever got the guy was like dry humping you know what I mean in high school okay so I I don't remember ever having the sex talk with my mother or my parents I really don't I remember learning about it in school and then like I remember when I got my period I think my mom was like do you have a tampon or a pad and I was like no so I got one and that was our talk about this Wow. I like, like that she a- thought you might already have it. She was had her fingers crossed. <laughs> I think maybe like You'd already I don't worked know. it now, out. Now that I'm a parent, I'm like, I get it, I guess. Like if you especially as she had three kids at the time and you're just like, I don't know. And she's also she's only twenty years older than I am. That's crazy. True. She was like, young. We're in the same generation. That's she was nuts. young. Mm-hmm. But so I think it to, to consent it it really stems from the lack of that conversation right that it got so far out of control and that no one if you 
let something happen that it's suddenly your fault, right? Right, right? Even though your brain was not consenting to this thing and maybe your body language is saying something or, you know, you you could have been saying no, but they're like, oh, everybody says that. Like you're... Well, it's actually cues. not always easy to say no in the moment. Absolutely. Right. Out of your mouth. And like, I think the big problem is no means no actually doesn't go far enough. It's about body language. We can read each other's body language all the time. Mm-hmm. Men can do it. Women can do it for anything else. But when it comes to sex, somehow we have been sort of taught that men are unable to read body language when it comes to sex. Now, this is hard to believe because on like every news network at every debate during the presidential race, they have a body language expert come in <laughs> and start talking about like, wow, yeah, they're really like they're saying like, you know, I love healthcare, but their body's like. I don't know how I feel about healthcare. You know I mean? like, I'm just like, it's we true. can all figure this shit out. Like, yeah, but you we can overanalyze tell. it constantly. Why totally. can't we talk about it in like the very like most base way, you know? And like, and I think, you know, we're talking about consent in a very, like in the, our, the, the, the boundaries that we um, provide for our body and our comfortability with, you know, touching, kissing, like even talking like in certain ways, you know? Um, but consent is, like a much broader um, conversation. And I think the that's how I think all of us have been approaching it with our children, right? Because how do you talk to a kid about consent? They don't know what the fuck sex is. Like, they don't know, like, they're touching body parts and, like, Maddie sits on my head all the time. <laughs> She's just like, I'm going to sit on your head. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Fred likes to do that too. Why do they want to sit on our heads? I don't know. They just want to like <laughs> fart on you or something. Yeah. They Speaking wanna... of consent, our bodies are not our own. <laughs> right. I know. I know. It is a funny place. You're like, you're like, I mean, I want them to be free and not be afraid to like, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause it's like, taking, I, Lottie has permission to climb all over me. In fact, all your kids can fart on my head anytime they want. And that's you consenting. Yeah, I feel yeah. like, um, we, it goes well before sex and mm-hmm. it's about creating a culture where your personal physical comfort is more important than someone else's like emotional comfort. And so it starts with like, you know, if grandma wants to give you a kiss and you don't want to give her a kiss, you don't have to give her a kiss. Mm-hmm. Or for me, like my son is always trying to grab my boobs. <laughs> and so it's even really like clear yes. Yes. where and my husband will they say it all the time. Gorgeous. He'll be like. That's mommy's body. Like if she doesn't want you mm-hmm. to touch her body, you can't. And mm-hmm. the same with his body. Like mm-hmm. if, even if I want to give him a squeeze and he's like, I don't want to, I also have to respect that because yes. I want him to do the same. So I think it's like teaching it at a very early age that that's an important value. Even when though when they're screaming and being little shits, <laughs> like you have to get move them somewhere. That's when it gets tough as a parent, right? Because right? you have to physically move a screaming, right. and flailing child right. and just be like, shut fuck up we're in a movie theater or whatever it is or they won't go to bed or they won't get out of the tub or whatever it is like that's when it starts to get like harder like a mind fuck you're like yes. wait but i'm not ex- like caring about your consent now right 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 exactly <laughs> right so like yes i am gonna wipe this like shit off of your ass whether you want me to or not <laughs> you have to brush your teeth but also yeah. no I, I don't deserve a kiss goodbye if you don't want to give me a kiss goodbye I'm not going to guilt trip you I'm going to be like fine we can wave or fist bump or what but yeah you're right it's it's complicated because the mom stuff we do sometimes we for their health or safety we have to like that's, move them yes well, and that makes right. sense that that takes priority yeah it's sort of like if it's their health or safety yes yes 
or just you know yeah like if they're or your <laughs> mental health yes that's <laughs> your <laughs> mental health or safety like the time that when we were like when when the, we'd slept you know Lottie was sleeping in her bed but then suddenly she didn't want to sleep in her bed anymore and she kept crawling into my bed I don't know if you, you remember this Rebecca mm-hmm. I was losing my goddamn mind yeah. I was I was gonna go crazy I was getting an hour or two of sleep every night and so I decided to lock the door and not let her in and she was like mama <laughs> Mama, open the door. <laughs> Mama, open the door. And You're I was still getting like, an hour of no. sleep. <laughs> I know. And meanwhile, I found her in the morning just sleeping on a couch like a like a desperate house husband or Aww. whatever. <laughs> like, For me, in, in trying to navigate something that complicated, part of it is making sure that she understands that her, her body is her own, mm-hmm. that people touching or doing things to her body is her own. Also, that she understands that when it comes to like – her butt and her vulva and her vagina and her boobs that only certain people in certain circumstances are ever allowed. Do you guys to talk to call boobs at four? Oh yeah, I, I'm. You I'm call really. Boobs? Yeah, I'm. No. Re- what? Yeah, you do. Oh my yeah, god, I say boobs. <laughs> no, I mean I say boobs for myself. I mean obviously I have a right. son, but do you say to Vivi? To Vivi? Like, like oh, those her are boobs? her boobs or her nipples or her chest. I say, I say, I say, I think I say like chest and boobs. I mean, she calls them her boobs because she knows Stop that my it. boobs are my <laughs> That's so is. cute. That's so funny because I'm like, you know, your boob, like boobs come in. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> They'll grow there. They'll grow. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I, I probably say chest to her more than anything, yeah. but like she will definitely be like, those are your boobs. These are my boobs. And right. Yeah. These are my, You're my, like, my, no, my those titties. are your em- empty skin sacks. Yeah. <laughs> Flattened milk ducks. <laughs> My saggy milk bags. <laughs> Wait, so you, but you feel like she knows that that stuff is, it's only appropriate for someone to touch it, like a doctor right, or a doctor, person her, wiping. Her parents, if they're helping, you know, her with wiping or, right. or, you know, bathing or whatever. Yeah. I think the most important thing, honestly, is talking about it because, and trying, and even if it fails, and even if it's then confusing, mm-hmm. not talking about it is I think why we're in this mess and it's because it's uncomfortable and it because it's because it feels weird and the thing is is that kids always need it way earlier than their parents think they do and so we need to like make sure that they are equipped in a better way than our generation was yeah I'll say very I'm very passionate about that me too I will say something (laughs) I will I will segue it with me too and say something like uh, that I don't normally share but that is um my daughter is four right now, and the first time I was ever sexually assaulted, I was four. Oh, oh God. So I am – part of the reason that I'm so passionate about her understanding things right now is because I definitely didn't at that age, and it set me up uh, for the rest of my life in, in, in unpleasant ways. So, you know, to, to Rebecca's point, much younger than you think they need to know, they need to know. Oh my God. So you, I mean, so this is a much, this is like, this is protecting yourself and your daughter and like her future. And you know what her future would be like. That's awful. And I'm so sorry. That's the. I almost said it's okay, which is such a woman thing to do. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine, guys. It's fine. uh, It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm over it now. I'm not over it. I'm still crying. It was a long time ago. years that's terrible and uh it's uh i'm sorry too and thanks for sharing that that's um it's a good reminder right that this shit 
happens and that the best way to protect your child is to have like have them be able to identify their like genitals appropriately with the right names and like know the people that are allowed to touch them for now because they don't know they could they could consent to their friends touching their their vagina or their butt or whatever but we have to set boundaries right, right. we have to set exactly. the boundaries for them exactly. yeah because it's not about just consent exactly. it's boundaries exactly. exactly it's knowing what's appropriate and that you're in control and and yeah and I mean the only reason that I am oversharing quote unquote is because I think don't ever say that again <laughs> sorry <laughs> the reason that I am sharing something that I don't normally share just casually in conversation is because I think as parents especially we tend to think of these conversations as more important for uh, puberty and for dating mm, age exactly. and like, you know, like when my daughter's ready to like go off with some kid in a car to the movies or whatever, that's like when we start to put the pressure on. But like by that time for me, that was over a decade too late. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wasn't four, but I was eight. So Jesus. it's like at the same time. Yeah, that was wh- I mean, those conversations didn't happen until I was 12, 13. Shit's already happened. And it and so like and it's confusing and it's confusing. And here's the thing. I just hope God forbid something happens that they would at least know that we think it's important that their like body is their own and that if they feel uncomfortable about something that happened, that they would tell us. Yeah. As opposed to if it's someone they know that it's something that can happen over and over again, that you can stop that because they actually know that you would be on their side because they would know what the boundaries are rather than it just being this nebulous thing. And so, and even like when you watch the Michael Jackson documentary and you see how Mm -hmm. he like wooed the kids, like it's not, it's not a, it's it's not always a, 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 like a violent act. It's, it's, they know how to get a kid to be on their side. And so it's us figuring out how we can make sure that like we keep our kids safe, but also that if anything ever crossed the line, they would talk to us about it, you Mm -hmm. know? And, Mm -hmm. and, um, I think that's like, I just think that's really important. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I remember being in a store once and I saw some guy like just jerking off like at the end of the store and I didn't know what to do about it. Cause like, too embarrassed to tell your mom like right, too right. embarrassed to like tell anybody that you saw some dude's penis right. like out and that's and, something like, you remember yeah oh mm-hmm. absolutely you know what i mean never not mm-hmm. remembered it and like was so scared told my brother i was like there's a guy doing something weird and then we went to see it and he'd already stopped you know but like and saw a guy masturbating on the subway platform right you know what i mean like it wrote a song about it. You can watch it right. on YouTube. Well, and- it's called <laughs> The Guy Masturbating on the Subway Platform. Turn your pain into art. Thank you, Rebecca and Amanda. Now, after the break is my conversation with Patty Fitzgerald, the founder of Safely Ever After, which gives parents and kids tips and tools to talk about safety and consent. She's funny and down to earth, and you will just love her. 
I'm Patty Fitzgerald. I am the founder of safelyeveraffter.com, Safely Ever After Inc., and I'm a child safety educator. So I've been working in schools and as a parenting coach, specifically on the topic of preventing childhood sexual abuse mm-hmm. and consent for, for families since 2004. Amazing. It's a long time. Well, and the landscape has changed so much. Can you explain what your organization does? Is it an organization? Is that the proper term for it? It, Yeah. Yeah. It's really an organization of one, me, (laughs) because I do all the speaking, but I have like a staff of people that help me with certain things, but I'm the only one who does the presentation. And so the concept is to educate parents and children. Right. 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 In a new way that is effective um, and meaningful, but that actually works because Mm -hmm. the biggest problem I found way back when I started um, and my daughter was really young at the time, I was Mm -hmm. like, all we're doing is talking about stranger danger. And that's wrong. It first of all, it's not the biggest threat to kids. But even in my own personal experience growing up, I knew it was usually people, you know, that um, can be what I call tricky, particularly in the idea of of consent or personal boundaries and physical boundaries. Um, so I just thought there's got to be a better way to do this. Yeah. And that's how Safely Ever After was born. I had a background in theater first and then as a preschool teacher. And no then- wonder you're so well-spoken. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. That's so nice. Thank you. Well, two, two things. I remember a stranger danger. I totally remember that. And <sighs> I forget that that is that was the and probably still is in a lot of places. The conversation around um, consent or protecting yeah. your body. And can yeah. you educate me on some of the terms like? Yeah. Um, the, yeah. like what I should how I should be <laughs> referencing all of this yeah well what I think that we need to be talking to kids about is watching out for tricky people that's mm-hmm. a, a term that I coined way back when because I knew that strangers mm-hmm. were not necessarily the biggest threat nor are they scary it's not I don't want my kid to grow up scared of strangers right because strangers are everybody like the target employee to like somebody who's running the carnival like yeah exactly whatever they're strangers technically yeah exactly and kids kids often think of a friendly stranger as somebody they know so even if there is a stranger at the park Mm -hmm. who wants to be inappropriate or something which was in all those videos I know know. they pull it up in a white van Uh, it's always a white Man, too. I yeah, I know. <laughs> even my daughter makes fun of that. She's like, oh, my God, look, there's a white man. No. Um, but even <laughs> well, if, it is, knows, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if it is a stranger, they're going to be really friendly. And so kids don't even perceive strangers in the right way sometimes. Right. So I, I thought, well, first of all, it's not a stranger. Second of all, it's usually what I call Uncle Creepy, Cousin <laughs> Yucky, Coach Sandusky, uh, <laughs> all those delightful people. So a dark Patty. <laughs> I know. Suddenly we've taken a turn. I, I like to talk to kids using words like the uh-oh feeling, which right. is the instinct. And they understand that. Kids sure. love the words inappropriate and appropriate. Oh, my God. Yeah. Little ones love appropriate and appropriate. That's um, good. Give them specific rules to follow, like red light, green light. Exactly, they, exactly. Yeah. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Red light, green light, yellow light. Mm-hmm. I give them words like, does this sound like it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Thumbs mm. up and thumbs down they get. 
um, tricky people. I tell kids one of the first things I teach in any workshop is that children are the boss of their bodies. Mm -hmm. It's empowering. Kids like the terminology. It makes sense. It's not scary. And most of all, it's appropriate for what really needs to happen in terms of personal safety. So rather than don't talk to strangers, I teach kids, watch out for tricky people. They tell you to do the thumbs down stuff or they make your uh-oh feeling go, uh-oh, this doesn't seem right. Uh-oh, this is breaking a safety rule. And then they go uh, talk to an adult or exactly. separate themselves from the tricky person. Exactly. Right. That's so important, Kimmy, because it's not enough to tell kids, don't do this. Don't mm -hmm. talk to this person or or watch out for a tricky person. What I Or point and go, stranger danger. Yeah, exactly. Stranger danger, run. <laughs> um, no, what, what's important is to teach kids what to do mm -hmm. if they do encounter a tricky person, whether it's a stranger at the park or Uncle Creepy at Thanksgiving dinner who's tickling a little too close to a private area or making your child feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. the, the proactive thing is teach kids, stop, walk away, tell a grown-up. And I have a way of doing that in a classroom uh, with the physical gestures. I put a stop sign hand out. Mm -hmm. Then all together we make the walking sign with our fingers. <laughs> and like then we make the talking sign with our hands near our mouth, sort of like blab, blab, blab. And you put those three signs together and kids learn stop, walk away, go tell. Stop, go tell. That's really great. Thank you. Everybody loves um, a good hand gesture and a, and a good <laughs> Including chant. Including me. Yeah, I yeah. like a good hand gesture. You know gesture. what? It never goes away, especially yeah. in the car in no Los Angeles. Kidding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me what got you into this field? Yeah, there was a lot of things. I mentioned my daughter uh, a little while ago. Her name is Marissa, and I yeah. talk about her a lot. I, um, she's, only, she's my only child. She's 21 now. So... When Marissa was born, everything just changed. And I started looking at the world differently because it wasn't yeah. just me anymore. And I also started to remember a bunch of crap that happened when I was a kid. There were a couple of times when I dodged a real bullet and a couple of times when I didn't. And I grew up with sisters and we yeah. all sort of watched out for each other. But one of the biggest things was we never told my mother or my grandmother who raised us what was going on with the guy that lived across the street <gasps> and with one of the cousins in our family. We told each other and we knew it wasn't okay and we had to figure out how to, how to sort of circumvent that or avoid those situations after a while. But nobody ever told us what was okay and not okay. I grew up in a huge Italian family in a big blue-collar Italian um, neighborhood back east. And everybody just thought, well, your neighbors are all Italian and they're just like you, so everybody's fine. And my grandmother would send us across the street sometimes to get tomatoes from from our neighbor's garden. Mm -hmm. um, he would give us bags of tomatoes. And he would say, before I give you the tomatoes, you got to sit on my lap and give me a kiss. You know, grandma and mom really like this guy. So what am I going to say? No or tell on him or not get the how tomatoes? you get tomatoes. Exactly. Like, exactly. Right. exactly. What do you know? What do you know? As a kid? Exactly. That's it. You don't know. So in the beginning, 
I was like, yeah, exactly, Kimmy. I guess this is what you do to get tomatoes. And then a couple of years later, I was like, this isn't what you do to get tomatoes. Because your insides were screaming the whole time. Right. Like, this, right. I don't want to do this. I right. feel wrong. I'm embarrassed. Right. All, All of that things. stuff. And at eight years old, maybe you don't know that. But at 12 years old, you start putting two and two together. Mm -hmm. But you still don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a long-winded explanation of why I created Safely Ever After. Because... I knew there had to be another way to talk to kids and to, to do prevention instead of damage control afterwards. Right. So what age do you begin talking to kids about the consent? Four. Well, <laughs> interesting, Patty. I have a four-year-old really? daughter. Four years old. Mm -hmm. And is that because that's the age when they kind of have the language to yeah. use yeah, and they can process thoughts. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They can execute more at that age. Most kids around four years old have either been in some kind of a daycare or a preschool, some kind of social situation um, or scenario like that. Uh, so around four years old is when I say we can really start introducing safety rules, the yeah, yeahs and the no-nos or the thumbs up and the thumbs down. But starting as young as, as two and three years old, when we're helping them go potty, using anatomically correct words is important. Um, I love using anatomical don't you? terms. I love it. Penis vagina, and, penis vagina. Well, I'm unleashing my child and she's going to talk about how her vagina itches today to her yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. But it is fine. And, and in her mind, her vagina is the same as her nose that has an itch or her right. or her shoulder. It's just a body part. They don't mm -hmm. connect a sexual um, connotation to it. So right. penis vagina is important. Uh, teaching kids, even when they're taking a bath, mm -hmm. you're the boss of your body. That means you're the boss of who can touch you. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about yeah, yeah, touches and no, no touches. So even at two and three years old, you can start with language. And then by four years old, I always give parents a script. This is the script. Okay. The script is, wow, you're such a big kid now. Did you know you're, you're the boss of your body? That means you're the boss of touches. That means you get to decide about yeah, yeah, touches and no, no touches. But we better know what's a yeah, yeah and a no, no first. That's how I talk to kids. I love with it. That voice. I feel like you could be um, on Sesame Street, you know, <laughs> like I know. could be on. <laughs> Sesame You're a star, Street. Patty. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Um, but that's how I do it, and mm -hmm. I, and I think that sometimes parents get stuck; they just don't know what to say. So part of what I do in my parent workshops is give you a bunch of different scripted lines for different situations or different rules, so you don't have to think about how I'm going to say this. The script is important because. Yep. I would say that whenever I talk to people about this subject, like it's, it just brings up a lot of their own personal Absolutely. stuff and you can't be having a conversation four year old that you yeah. like were yeah. like, you know, that were sit on my lap, give me a kiss. Um, yeah. Your tickles, you know, exactly, exactly. You know, most of us come into parenting with our own baggage from mm -hmm. whatever. And yeah. this topic just gets you sort of, emotional so you know it's hard sometimes for a parent if they don't have a script to be able to really talk about it mm -hmm. without being scary or tearful or something and, right. and that doesn't help kids so right. you know they they've got to see that we're in charge and we've got this and you know they're safe with us so 
part of the conversation with kids is that parents actually have to teach their kids at an early age. If you have an uh uh-oh feeling or you get an uh uh-oh thumbs down touch, you can always dump it on me. Oh, I love that. Yeah, dump it. Kids love it too. Whenever I bring out the dump it and then we all start acting like we're dumping stuff out of our arms. Kids Man, love parents it. really do get the shit out of the stick sometimes. You don't are they? not because I'm like, like just you, dump your, it. Your problems are over, mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah forget it. Cause, yeah, you're, you're now so. just a vessel for dump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have to steal that. Yeah, turn. please That's steal That's a good away. one. A vessel for dumb. It's amazing that there are so many open conversations about how to sleep train and how to potty train, but there's no like it's like those seem to be. I mean, those are obviously very important, but we're like they have you have to train a kid to do that. Right. That it, it just needs to translate to more places. You have to teach your kid how to eat healthy. You have to teach your kid right. how to you know, uh, how exercise is important to do right. your homework. So therefore you also have to teach your child about right. the tricky gray area yeah. that is, yeah. you know, wanted and unwanted touch. Yeah. And that, yeah, that is also very difficult, you know, cause it some is. people are more sensitive than other people right. and everybody has right. a different tolerance. So right. it's like, it's in addition to teaching that, it's like teaching empathy in a way, you know, it's yeah. so complicated. It is complicated. It is and it isn't. It's mm-hmm. complicated. And yet if you make it simple and you don't try to over talk it with your kids or over explain it, they get it. Um, the concepts are always the same, whether your kid's four years old or 21, like Marissa. Mm-hmm. I teach four-year-olds they're the boss of their bodies, but I also remind Marissa at 21 as a senior in college, oh, don't forget gracious. you're the boss of your body. <laughs> She's like, I get it, Mom. I see, oh, my God. That's God. She went to Coachella this year, the first oh, thing. God. Marissa, you're the boss of your body when you get to Coachella. <laughs> she was like, you have to be kidding me. <laughs> so... Even though boss of my body or tricky people or yeah, yeahs and no, no's and uh oh feeling, mm-hmm. even though you can make that sound very age appropriate for a four year old, when your kid is 12 and 13 years old, you still have to be talking about it. And even right. more so then because that's a more vulnerable age. It's when girls get their period, it's exactly. when boys and like the, the hormone surge. Exactly. begins yeah i just imagine just like a tidal wave of hormones going like run your children <laughs> run <laughs> just wait till so, middle school yeah. <laughs> i mean i i mean we all went through it my god yep. i yeah. don't wish it upon anyone but we're gonna figure it out <laughs> you will and you'll survive it just like we all do we yeah. survive it but that's a more vulnerable age range mm-hmm. and so we're so focused on our young children that after they get into like fifth or sixth grade, we go, well, we've covered this. This is one less thing on our plate. But but it's still right. a, a continuing dialogue. And like I said, it's more it's not like a parenting style mm-hmm. of communication and, I like and that. talking. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to hammer them every day with safety rules, but you know, it just has to be part yeah, of Yeah, yeah, no, no, both of your body. <laughs> Shut up, mom. I hate you. Yeah, you could you could take it a little too far. <laughs> So, so how does the language change from yeah, yeah, no, no, the language, thumbs up, thumbs down? The language doesn't change quite so much. Okay. I still do yeah, yeahs and no, no's. I'll do appropriate, inappropriate. I'll mm-hmm. talk about instinct. Um, I'll oh, talk instead of the uh-oh. Exactly. Uh-huh. 
Um, I'll connect it, but I'll talk about, you know, instinct is when your uh-oh feeling says, uh-oh, wait a minute, something's wrong. With older kids like that, I'll talk about appropriate and inappropriate. And, and I will use the C word, consent. I will use that, and I'll give examples that are age appropriate. And, and just as in certain different situations you know mm -hmm. are you going to let that person share your things or are you going to include that person and so the word consent does come up more than ever mm -hmm. so it's not a foreign word to to young children it's not like you're going to say something they haven't already heard and and it's just about putting it into context but right. it's so important right. it's, it's so not like the issue is new no. it's just that we have been we've been digging it up and putting it out there for the conversation to begin. Right. And so how has that changed over from 2004 mm -hmm. to now, to 2019? Well, that's such a great question, mm -hmm. and I'm happy about it because back in 2004 when I first started this, uh, and I had a good child education background, but parents and schools were like, no, we don't want you to come in and do assemblies for our kids. We don't want you to talk to the kids. Come and talk to the parents. Mm. And they were yeah. still a little bit cautious about, you know, this is a this is a hot button topic and and they didn't want their kids to hear about it. And probably they felt like they were inviting it into their world. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And they also thought, well, it's going to scare the kids right. or it's going to be yucky or creepy. And the whole point of Safely Ever After was to create curriculum and programs that were not scary and yucky. But it took a while for that to catch on. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, the younger generation of parents like you with young children are far more open to learning about this and they get it that's that it's important and that we have to do it a different way and and back you know 18 20 years ago people were just starting to think about this topic in a different way you know people were still stuck in stranger danger mm -hmm. you know even when marissa was born uh you know that was 21 years ago so you young parents are way ahead and and i think that's awesome so bravo first of all thank you so much you're <laughs> very welcome so uh is there more that schools can do to be teaching kids about consent you mentioned that yes okay let's talk about yes it. schools you know they brought out the dare program and the say no to drugs and all of that um they do they do fire drills for heaven's sakes they're doing lockdown drills now about what to do if there's an active shooter in your school i know that's hard that's hard to hear but then you're yeah. like thank god they're doing it so i think that schools have a responsibility to just teach kids how to be in this century mm -hmm. um and in this day and age about appropriate boundaries and, and inappropriate boundaries. So I think, and there's some, certain states have laws that say you have to provide in a public school system, you have to provide um, sexual abuse prevention education to your elementary school kids. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're gonna lose some funding. Okay. Um, but not every state has that law or that mandate. So I think that that would be a really important thing to change that nationwide it, yeah a, a good start right i have a question for you mm -hmm. and i don't know if this is actually under your like bound like your what you teach but in a in a age of social media mm. consent i think plays a role in the like revenge porn <sighs> and like texting photos of people's body parts is that something that you talk to about with older kids yes. 
Yes. And and how does that conversation go? Yeah, I talk about it starting in middle school. Okay. You know what's interesting? People find that, uh, or parents are kind of surprised to find out that middle school is when all of this stuff is happening. Right. Even more so than high school. High school, they're kind of done being stupid with photos but middle school they're really sharing sexts and inappropriate pictures so I bring it up and I'll just say you know what we're going to talk about now mm-hmm. inappropriate pictures and you know what I mean <laughs> remember how we just talked about the private parts rule well let's talk about it online yeah. and um, and then I'll just talk about you know some people will think if I don't put my face there it's okay or if mm. it's somebody else and I put their their face on it or or I goof around with that picture in some way that that's okay and it's not and uh even if you're really mad at your best friend or somebody else who likes the same boy you like it's gonna come back and bite you I also try to let kids know that uh, especially in middle school there are laws that will catch up to you even if you are under the age of 18. Mm. There are child pornography and distribution laws that um, in certain cases, young kids, you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers have been charged with distributing child pornography because they're all, yeah, because they're passing around, you know, a naked picture of somebody else who's under the age of 18. And so it's not that I want to put the fear of God into them, but I do want them to start thinking about the legal uh, ramifications. And I'll also, we'll do a, a little experiment with our cell phones showing how quickly things go viral. Mm. And the fact that at some point that high school admissions person is going to see this and I'll show them how easy it is for me to Google their name or go on Facebook or Instagram and find them. <laughs> and it's so simple because most of the kids have everything set to public and right. so, you know, I find out a lot of stuff about about people. All right. Thanks, Patty. You're welcome, Kimmy. Thank you. Thank you, Patty. Please check out Patty's website, Safely Ever After. If you live in Los Angeles area, attend one of her workshops. Outside of L.A., you can schedule a phone consultation. She is also the author of the children's books, No Trespassing, This Is My Body, and Super Duper Safety School, available on Amazon.com. She's legit. And giveaway alert, we will be sending a copy to the lucky listener who tweets at me at Pod with a question for Patty. Okay, now let's check back in with my two favorite consenting adults, Rebecca and Amanda. Rebecca and I made a short film last year about this very topic. Yeah, it's called Consent, a short comedy about a serious subject. Because I just wanted everyone to know, like, this is not going to be dark. You might feel some dark feelings, but you'll be laughing first. (laughs) It's a great title. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, so Rebecca and I first started talking about the issue of consent couple of years ago like years before this this film mm-hmm. you'd wanted to say something about like you wanted to make art about this for a long time and it was interesting going through the various like drafts you know with you because it's such a a, a hard topic to like explain talk about and then to also t- just tell everyone the the your reasoning behind doing it so originally I wanted to make I've always kind of wanted to make um some kind of comedy 
about consent or about my experiences. And so the first couple drafts, I mean, maybe And 10. it was a comedy because you are a funny person. Because I'm a comedian. People, like, it, like, uh, respond to comedy in a different way. I also think, honestly, it even goes back to, like, when there was a big debate in the comedy community about whether men can make rape jokes or not. Mm-hmm. And I remember being, mm, like... That been fun to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Like, the only yes, person who can, can make those jokes... No, we can. Yeah. Yes, we can talk about rape more. <laughs> no, you can't. Well, then you're right. raping the audience yeah. with your fucking <laughs> no, jokes. No. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the only people who can make... I feel like if you're going to make it... it you should be someone who's experienced like experienced it. And then and so I just was like, it's been in my mind forever. Like, I want to make a comedy about this. And so I wrote more like realistic versions of a script. And I sent Kimmy like a bunch of drafts. And it just wasn't like clicking. It wasn't working. And then when there was this like one incident during the Me Too movement, this one incident that became a big debate, it was like the gray area between a bad date and sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And everybody was debating whether or not it was wrong behavior. Why didn't that girl leave? Why didn't, you know, um, and it happens all the time. It's so common. This is just dating. And um, I just had literally tweeted like, you say, why didn't she leave? I say, why didn't he stop? And I had all these different people debate me about it. Sure. Uh, lots of men, some women, but lots of men who were just like so upset about what I tweeted. And I was like, I'm not saying, I'm not even classifying the specific thing. All right. I'm saying is, you say, why didn't she leave? I say, why didn't he stop? If he, sh- if he knew she wasn't into it, why didn't he just stop? It's a lot harder to leave than it is to just fucking stop. And um, right. and so then I was like, even how? pause. You yeah. know what I mean? Just to be like, huh, she seems too drunk. She seems not into this. She seems whatever. Right. Noticing it and saying, oh, I'm not going to push this further. Mm-hmm. So um, we, Kimmy and I talked about it a lot. And it was like, how can we, how can I sort of make people understand that feeling, that shitty feeling when your consent is ignored? Mm-hmm. And so I decided to make it an allegory. And once I made it an allegory, it was like so freeing. So I like came upon um, a singer where I played a singer. I flipped the genders. So uh, I made the victim like a white male so that that was, mm-hmm. you know, the tar- my target audience. <laughs> and um, Yes, please learn. <laughs> even though they're not the only assaulters, but I was like, that's who I'm targeting with this film. And um, so I played a singer who um, doesn't take no for an answer from a fan and I won't stop singing to him. And so I've, take the actual plot points of a bad date and just replace them with music and with like the equivalent of a singer and a fan rather than just an aggressor. It's available on Vimeo now. Um, and Out you now. can go to consentcomedy.com to watch it. Um, and I think I encourage you to watch it, tweet about it's it. It's 14 minutes of your life. Yeah. <laughs> And this little pocket cutie, Rebecca Johnson. I'm foot. so small. <laughs> I wouldn't rape a fly. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, w- I couldn't, though. I couldn't. I don't have a dick. Good. No. <laughs> this is what I learned tonight. Rape jokes are funny. <laughs> See? We can say them. We. We win.
So many takeaways from this episode. Please check out our short film, Consent, a short comedy about a serious subject by heading to consentcomedy.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you for watching and sharing. Consent is such an important topic to discuss out in the open. If we can figure out how to teach our kids about consent at an early age, we will be able to keep them safer for the rest of their lives. Our society has come a long way with this issue, but we need to keep pushing the conversation forward. We can do that in our homes, communities, and through our art. Hell, you can make consent confetti, throw a consent masquerade ball, have a consent contest to see who respects consent the most. I'd consent to all of that. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'd like to thank my guest, Patty Fitzgerald, for helping families talk about consent. I'd also like to thank Rebecca Johnson and Amanda Dybert for their hilarious conversation on a complicated topic. But most of all, I'd like to thank you for listening. Just like Parenthood, we're still trying to figure it out. So please reach out to me through our website, motherofallshows.com, if you have any questions, thoughts, or topics you'd like to hear. We are also all over social media at MOASpod. Send comments and questions to motherballshows at gmail.com. And don't forget to tweet at us at MOASpod with a question for Patty if you want a copy of her book. This podcast is produced by Jen Perry Levy, written by Rebecca Johnson, music by Jerome Kurtenbach, and edited by Amanda Lund and Tracy Levy. I am a proud part of the Erios Network. Please subscribe and rate the Mother of All Shows on Apple, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen. It would really help us out like a fresh pair of socks when you wear your native sneakers for too long. Don't be a stranger. We will have links to the topics and resources we discussed today on our website. See you for the next one. Hey, what if we made consented candles or some agreement appetizers or communication cannolis? Erios. Powered by Acast. I give you my consent to turn off this episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.